Hey there. Thanks for checking back. You're listening to the DMA podcast, eavesdropping on John Herzog's phone calls. I make phone calls, you simply listen in. Hopefully, there's fun information, interesting stories, and you expand your knowledge of who you might know and who can help in healthcare and senior care food service. Uh, today, I'm going to call a uh, friend of mine, um, proud to call him a, an associate, colleague, what have you, a uh, team member on a couple of committees with AHF, uh, Mr. Tom Cooley. A lot of people will know that name and will will recognize Tom, particularly in the South Jersey, Philadelphia area, but anywhere in the East Coast and frankly, uh, United States. He is a 30-year-plus veteran of the healthcare and senior care food service world. Um, and he has a real focus on education. I was introdu- introduced to Tom uh, several years ago as someone I should know when I was just a young lad starting in the biz. Um, he is now taking it a step further. And last time I ran into him, he actually had a hard copy of his brand new, newly released textbook. So it's no surprise Tom has literally now written the book on healthcare food service training. Uh, It was fascinating. I want to find out what the process is because to me it sounds incredibly difficult to uh, author a textbook. And uh, I just want to catch up with Tom. He's he's a great guy, always has a good story or two. And uh, uh, he's one of those that are on my list of people I would like to run into more frequently. So uh, let let me give Tom a call and I'm glad you're listening in. Hello. Hey, Tom Cooley. This is John Herzog from DMNA. How are you? Hey, John. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey, uh, you got a few minutes. I'd like to uh, just chat, catch up from um, from our time at the uh, AHF National Conference. Out in Scottsdale. That was a good time. It was good seeing you again. Yeah, same, same. It really was. And I wanted to um, thank you again for allowing me to spend some time with uh, your newly published textbook. Um, I, I gotta say, you know, I, I was expecting it to be, um, I am pure, purely transparent here was ex- expecting it to be, uh, a little, you know, technical and, um, so forth, but, but I really think that you have captured a, an exciting way to convey a great deal of, uh, detailed information. Um, I'm not, and, and I was really impressed. I ended up spending probably about 35 minutes, um, reading over a couple chapters, and uh, I just think it was a fantastic, fantastic job. Subsequently, I've been looking at it online. So um, my my questions today for you are are going to be a, pretty much around that textbook. For first of all, how did you come to to write that textbook? Were you approached, or is this something that you've been working on over the course of years, or what happened there? No, it was uh, it was purely. Uh... On my end, it was purely serendipity. But uh, from the from the point of view of the of the companies that write textbooks, uh, what they do is they survey all the universities that have various programs, and they ask them, you know, what what text do you like? What don't you like? What do you want to see upgraded? What would you like to uh, see different or have better? And they get the responses from the actual programs that are teaching the material. And then what they do is when they have enough information to figure they can they can uh, come up with a textbook, they went and hired Karen Drummond, who is a professional textbook author. 
And she used to be a food service director in the Philadelphia area, and she became head of the program uh, for nutrition at Drexel University. And now she's a lecturer at the uh, nursing department at Gwinnett Mercy University. But they hired her as a professional textbook author and asked her to find subject matter experts in the field of food service operations and management. And of course, being from the Philadelphia area, she knew Mary, my wife, Mary, and I were both uh, food service directors with over 35 years experience each. So uh, she reached out to us and said, would you like to get in on this project? And we said, for sure, you know, we'll, uh, uh, you know, studying, you know, um, what we do for a living and what we've done for 35 years. And plus, you know, using that knowledge base and then also researching and getting back to the top of our game at, you know, on, on every possible topic within food service management just sounded like a great opportunity. Well, that that's a great point. You know, I bet you did. I, I mean, obviously you're uh, a, a, you know, an awesome 35 year career in, in healthcare food service leadership. Um, obviously you bring a lot to the table, but there were so many changes recently um, that, that, so did you have to keep up with all of the, um, you know, the, the, the pandemic and, and the, those types of, of, that situation was that uh, did that make it into that this version of the, of the book? Well, yeah, I mean that was that was you know we wanted to be the first book to be post pandemic, and we wanted to have all the things uh, you know all the subjects and all the changes that you know food service operations went through during the pandemic. So as you can see, uh, you know on the cover of the textbook, it shows somebody making a ha hamburger with blue nitrile gloves on. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, but other than the, the personal protective equipment and all the things you had to do for social distancing, the other big things that happened was people put their menus on, you know, online with QR codes and you didn't get paper menus anymore. And uh, all your, all your payment started to go touchless and cashless, you know, so uh, we had to include all of that too. So, you know, I really have to hand it to a lot of the, uh, publications that that we read as as food service people like plate uh, plate magazine uh, food service director mm, yeah management uh, an online uh, uh, something I read online every week is modern modern restaurant management mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of those things were very very helpful in uh, you know getting me the information I needed to convey you know all the all the new things and all the changes. So, so your wife Mary is uh, uh, one of the co-authors, along with uh, Karen Drummond. What, what, what did? How, what are the nuts and bolts? And how did the how did the writing? Did you break it down by chapter? Did you treat it as a project and have sticky notes all over the place? What What was the process for you and Mary to to um, co-author that book? Well, I had been uh, working in acute care for most of my career. My um, la the last part of my career, I did go to a, a large. Uh, nursing home dedicated to uh, quadriplegics and uh, did a conversion from Sodexo to self-op. But uh, it was a special population, but I did get my feet wet in the long-term care industry. But Mary runs a huge CCRC mm. and is active in leading age and uh, a lot of the senior um, senior healthcare uh, organizations, you know, the Pioneer Network, things where she can go and, uh, you know, keep her education sharp on uh, you know, the, the uh, senior communities, but what, what, how we structured the book was Mary was working the whole time during COVID and being very, very careful. And I was at home. Mm -hmm. So Karen set up the Karen Drummond set up the table of contents and gave us an outline. 
And then she said, just, you know, fill in everything you can think of that would be good. You know, plus we had all the old text textbooks from uh, how this, these courses were taught in the past. Yeah. So, so I would have three or four books out in front of me while I was going through the, the, the outline and figure out what I was going to write. And then uh, just making sure that whatever I had down was the most current and in, in most cases tried to make it better and more understandable than what I had in the old textbooks. Uh, we also tried to, you know, in the bibliography, all the sources and stuff, we tried to get rid of all that, you know, Upton Sinclair, the jungle stuff from, you know, the thirties. Yeah. And do all of our references, you know, 2010 and beyond. So we really tried to make it the most modern text we could. Right. And how we did it was I would write during the day and then Mary would get home from work and she'd proof the chapters. And once we had it in a form that uh, we could uh, be proud of, we'd send it off to Karen and she'd proof it again. And then when she turned it into the publisher, this is a great thing about the textbook industry. The, uh, the publisher would then send it out to professors at the various programs who had requested something new and each chapter would go out and about 14 people, professors would review it and they would, you know, they would ask them, is this what you're looking for? Would this work for your course? Is this, uh, are we on the right track? So uh, once we got their, their opinions and their, and their reviews back, we could make, we could upgrade the chapters and make it exactly what the professors wanted so that when the book finally came out, we already had an audience that was ready to use it. Oh yeah, that is a good plan. Yeah. So, so in, in the front of the book, it has uh, the reviewers and there are people from university of Wisconsin, uh, Kansas state, Montclair state, uh, Seattle Pacific, Howard university, Arizona state, nice. uh, university of Houston, uh, Western Illinois, Arizona state, again, Delaware. Uh, so and, is your, is your book, in those curriculums now, currently, this semester? Uh, well, the, the course isn't always taught every semester, but we, we happen to know that we're in 36 universities currently, that they are using it. And, you know, some, some maybe some might not teach the course until the spring. So we'll have an idea when we start, you know, we've sold all the books that we were selling for the fall semester. And so now uh, we'll see come, you know, December and January, how many additional universities pick it up for the spring semester? Man, that that's all. That is awesome. You know, it's a, it's something I've never thought of before. You know, how does a textbook come to be? And you are you are the first person that I'm aware of in my circle uh, that that um, you know I've not, I've known a lot of um, chefs and culinary folks that have written cookbooks and restaurant management um, books and so forth. But it's an actual textbook um, that's got to make you feel great to know that you know, your knowledge and your wife's knowledge um, combined are, are going to have such an impact, you know, in, in our industry move, moving forward. That's, that's, you know, that's fantastic, Tom. Well, it's, it's uh, the book is geared to juniors and seniors in dietetic programs mm -hmm. so that to get them ready to pass the exam to become dietitians. So our book covers domain three and four, there's four domains in the test for the dietitians. So we cover management and, uh, operations. So that's domains three and four. And so hopefully these programs can report down the road that that their students have a higher pass rate on the exam than than places that didn't use the text. So what, 
what what is uh, uh i know you're i know you're an rd and uh, and is mary is also an rd yes so so how did how did you all meet how did how, did, were, did you work together or go to school together it's the it's the greatest story of my life john awesome uh, i can't wait uh see i i went to penn state as an undergrad and uh was not on a track to become a dietitian i just uh, took nutrition science I had a great rooting in science, but when I got to Philadelphia, uh, I, I started work in food service departments and realized that I, if I wanted to, you know, move up in the ranks, I needed to get my RD. So there was a night program at Immaculata College in Malvern, Pennsylvania. And uh, so I signed up to go to that. And when I got there, uh, Mary and uh, her coworkers from Jeff Thomas Jefferson University were all enrolled in the course, trying to do the same thing, getting their RD and and uh, moving up through the ranks. So uh, we had a thing where we would, we would go to class together. It was all night classes. And then after that, we would go and have a, have a drink at a bar like Bennigan's or Houlihan's or some, some kind of Irish pub. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, Mary and I got to know each other and uh, you know, once, once she accepted that I wasn't a total, you know, pain in the neck, (laughs) then, uh, then uh, we we realized we had so much in common that we had to do something about it. Uh, that uh, yeah, that that's that's awesome. And you all have been married for how many years now? Uh, this year is thirty five. Thirty five. That that is impressive, especially with both careers kind of uh, mirroring each other in various levels. Of, I'm sure at one point, like she still is in 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 charge of a large operation, and I would say you all were both probably in leadership roles for the bulk of your marriage. You know, and that that can be difficult to find time. Well, it's 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 you know one of the reasons we became so active in AHF is because the places that we worked, uh, our original food service directors, the leaders were you know people who were legendary in in the food service business. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the awards you heard given out at uh, AHF this summer was the Don Marsh Award for mm-hmm. leadership. I think Angelo Mojica won that award. Yep. Well, Don yep. Mont. Don Marsh was Mary's boss and uh, at Pennsylvania hospital after she left Jefferson. And then, uh, you know, I got to meet and work with Don. Don hired me as a part-time caterer when they had to do big events. Mm. So, uh, so I'd come in for, for, you know, big banquets and things, but uh, we got to work with some of the, some of the Titans of the industry back in, you know, the eighties. Yeah. Got real involved in the, you know, HFM and, and ASHA. And then just stayed with it, uh, you know, all these years because it's great. It's great to keep your education fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, getting back to your textbook, that is really a, an outstanding approach to try to bring everything up to date. I mean, it's been years since I've been in school, but I can remember even then, um, you know, in the mid '80s and '90s, it, it it did seem like I was reading my grandparents' textbooks. So, uh, so yeah, that's that was a great approach to to bring you all. Um, not not just you personally current, but to make that make the book as current as well. So what what does dinner in your house look like with a couple of um, high powered RDs in our industry living together? Well, we're really terrible foodies, you know, uh, you know, Mary works all the time. So she cooks on the weekends and I cook during the week. And, you know, we, when we go out, we, we reconstruct whatever we have at every, at every gourmet restaurant we go to. We we take the recipes apart and uh, bring them home and reconstruct them. So as a result, uh, we eat pretty well. And nice. we have uh, 
we, we have things that are our favorites and, and uh, things that we're incredibly good at. We have raving fans who come over and, uh, you know, eat with us. But uh, we also have a huge garden. So we, we can our own sauces. We make our own pestos. We make our own chili starters. We do things with hot and sweet peppers. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, this is a complete food household. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I understand for sure. Um, I, I, we, I try, my wife and I try to do that in our, you know, over here, but, um, time, you know, we're both, both working and traveling and so forth. So it is a little difficult, but, uh, that sounds like you are, are in a great place. Um, so I, I, I noticed, and I think we've spoken before you do public speaking events. Um, uh, where, where are some of the places that, um, you know, are, are some of your mo- most memorable opportunities to speak? Well, uh, one of my first bosses at Cooper Hospital over in Camden, New Jersey, was Pam Ferguson, and she became the head of DPG 41, which is the management group in the, the you know, Dietetic Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, when she became head of the DPG, she was helping to run the, the national conference in Florida. I'm not in Florida, in Hawaii. So she hired me to speak on 360-degree uh, uh, evaluations for employees. So I got to, I got to research that we had started doing it at St. Luke's hospital mm-hmm. and, uh, doing 360 degree analysis, which is where you, you not only evaluate your employees, but you let their customers and people around them evaluate them as well. And, uh, so they're getting feedback from everyone they interact with on the job. And you can really, uh, you know, if you if you have employees that are not that good and and they consider you you know to always be on them or or picking on them or you know trying to get them to improve, you know if they start to hear it from their coworkers, then it uh, has a tendency to get across a little bit better. But that was one of my favorite speaking events because I got to go to Hawaii. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> pretty much then, talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you how to change the starter of my seventy uh, three olds eighty eight. In Hawaii, yes. <laughs> but here, you know, we, we do our own symposium. So I get to speak at our symposium, uh, Philadelphia, South Jersey, AHF mm-hmm. periodically. I'm, I'm going to speak next year. Uh, uh, I get to speak at some of the ANFP conferences in Pennsylvania. They sometimes hire me to bring them up to speed on the, on sanitation and the Food Safety Modernization Act. And uh, then I've also spoken at HFM when, when that was a legacy organization. I've spoken, spoken at Nash, National ASHFA, and I think I got to speak at uh, one of the first conferences of AHF. So, you know, when, when the planning committees get together and they, and they come up with subjects that they want to, you know, have mm-hmm. somebody speak on, you know, if I happen to be an expert or, you know, someone who's, who's uh, published something for the journal on a various subject, they might tap me to speak. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be on, on uh, com- uh, you know, panels. Yeah, I, love yeah. to, I love to be on panels with people. I've met some, some really, really fun people on panels that I've kept in touch with over the years. Yeah. I, you know, I recently, uh, the, the conference before this past one um, for AHF, I was able to be on a panel and, and uh, still am in touch whenever I see them with the folks that were on the panel. So that is a good approach. And I think I think the audience likes it also because, you know, it keeps you engaged. It's not just one one person. Um, you know, you get varying opinions and then uh, you get to witness kind of a discussion among the panel. That I, I like that approach. 
So, so you're now, I guess they can introduce you as, you know, you literally wrote the textbook on healthcare food service. So that, that'll be an easy introduction for your next speaking engagement. Well, uh, and I'll appreciate that. That'll, that'll sound good. Cause it was a, it, it took three, three long years yeah. to get it together. And we were lucky. We were lucky to have Karen, who's a professional textbook author, cause she knew what a commitment it was and kept us going. And it was, yeah. they, they, you know, and in the book is, you know, hundreds of pages long, but there's even more online. You, when you go online, you can access more. Yeah, more was, information. I, I looked at it when I got back from AHF and, and uh, um, there were like um, flashcards and study guides and all kinds of things attached to the online version, which was very cool. Practices, exams, everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. That's it's really, really sharp. So what what is the. Um, yeah, you know, obviously the goal is to uh, sell some of the. I mean, it's. I, I my guess is, um, and you certainly correct me if I'm wrong. You, you you did it more of a labor of love and of you know uh, care for our our industry, but it probably would be nice to make a little change from it. Is it is it a a profitable endeavor or or is it a a one time thing? Will there be a version two, three, and so on? The uh, it has not been profitable so far. The, uh, the the checks have not been pouring in. Right. So, uh, but uh, we will write updates. You know, uh, as things change. I don't know how often. Uh, it, it's amazing that as I'm teaching from the course this, this semester for the first time, so the uh, edges of the of the chapters in my books are all filled with notes on how to make it better, and. Uh, <laughs> So we'll we'll be fully ready to to do a you know a new version in say uh, two or three years. That's cool. You you got to send it to Oprah. Apparently, that's how your books get from the launcher. Maybe I'm aging myself there. There's probably some other avenue right now. That was a long time ago, but but she uh, might she might give it to Doctor Phil, and then Doctor Phil would psychoanalyze me, and I'd be in trouble. Yeah, I'd understand all my hangups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't want that. <laughs> a few years ago, I was in Los Angeles working, and uh, I flew the kids out. My my kids were in in high school, you know, at that time, and and I wanted to uh, I wanted to find like a Hollywood set or something, or a movie set or some someplace. So, but the the only thing that was available was uh the dr phil show so so we went and we went anyway because it was technically a taped tv show so it was funny they're like who is this guy what is this but uh but we did also tour the set of jeopardy so they they, they like that but that's that's hilarious um so let's see you are now a textbook author you are a public speaker you are a veteran leader in healthcare food service uh, what, what else, what else does, oh, you're also a, an adjunct instructor, um, husband, what else, um, what else identifies you? What else would, would one call Tom Cooley? Well, I, I, I think I've been a successful father and a successful husband, Excellent. but, uh, but food snob is not, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, Mary and I were, were a good match food wise. We were a good match uh, temperament wise. And our kids have, are like clones of us. Uh, they're all doing what they want to do. They're, you know, successful in their careers so far and not asking for money. Uh, and, nice. Uh, 
I got a son in uh, Los Angeles who's a 3D animator, and he's uh, also becoming an actor. He's got acting jobs at Universal Studios. Awesome. I've got a daughter who's a biologist who's been working on COVID vaccines for the last three years. Fantastic. And I have a son who became a CNA and, and uh, you know, was going through nursing and decided he didn't like it. And now he's on on the path to become a carpenter. He loves working with his hands. So, uh, you know, I, I have three kids that are doing very, very well in life. And I, I feel good about that. And they come home because, you know, uh, you can't eat, you know, any better than at mom and dad's house. We uh, we make the best Irish onion soup. We make the best chili. We make the best beefaroni. Uh, during COVID, we, we experimented with uh, loaded tater tots. I mean, I have a whole lot <laughs> of respect for tater tots since the uh, pandemic. So that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So su- very su- sounds like very successful, happy and proud father, Tom Cooley would be a way to introduce you yeah Yeah. that's great Uh, that what an exciting uh, um all three kids with with really unique and exciting and interesting pathways that's really uh that's awesome um so you know you know john just like you know you met me at the meetings and you know we we collect people over the years that you know can help us in our careers that are bright and willing to help out and and uh you know i you know i've always been a joiner so you know, any opportunity I get to, to work with people and, and, and make a contribution. Uh, when my, when my kids were in school, uh, I coached a lot for a while. And then I, uh, when I couldn't, you know, when my knees refused to bend anymore, then, uh, I started running the snack stands at the gymnastics meets and the wrestling matches. And we earned, we made enough money at the snack stands to buy new mats and new uniforms for the kids. And, uh, I'm I'm kind of a ringer when it comes to running a snack stand. Yeah, like did you introduce some cool cool <laughs> new stuff? I mean, or was it all just like Mountain Dew and popcorn, and then you started bringing in some crazy stuff? Well, it's all food cost, John. You know, yeah. If you have low food cost and give them what they want, then you're going to put money in the bank in the in the youth group treasuries and things. So, did, did you have like a hot dog roller machine or or any kind of hot food? Well, we're, we're, we're lucky to be in Eastern Pennsylvania because we've got Dietz and Watson. We've got Hatfield. We've got all, you know, Phillies, Franks, Burks, Franks. We've got everything you can imagine. So we did a lot of hot dogs. We did our own breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. We did, uh, you know, hoagies. This is a big hoagie area and sub area. Yeah. But, but you know what, what really keeps them coming back, John, you know, if you, if you do something unique, they remember it the next time they come to a, to a meet at your school. Like I did an organic emu chili one time for the gymnastics meet <laughs> because I found organic emu on sale, ground organic emu. Yeah, so Probably not a big mover, <laughs> no, but it made a great chili and all the little gymnastic girls wanted to try it. Yeah. The next time we held a big meet, they, they, they wanted to know if I had the organic emu chili again. Oh my God. That's awesome. But no, but, but what I did was the next time I had found uh, bison on sale. So I used ground Buffalo and uh, they were just as into it, you know, even oh, though it wasn't emu. That's cool. You, you could have found a, a corresponding meat to the uh, mascot of the opposing team. <laughs> <laughs> the St. Francis bison come to town, have your bison chili. That's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I did some time in the football snack bar, but we were we were not as uh, certainly not as creative. But uh, yeah, that's that's a great a great way to introduce some cool stuff. Well, that's fantastic. Well, uh, you know your book. Your book is uh, is like we said is going to impact folks come are, are the the people who's who will fill the shoes you know just like you you all you and Mary filled the shoes of your predecessors people will come behind us and and uh, and I'm sure your book will have a huge impact on that but but what over the years you've seen and lived through a lot of changes including the recent changes in our industry but what what kind of advice do you see or or maybe maybe not advice but um, I, you know, we're, we're now kind of struggling to find people to take leadership roles in, in, uh, in our hospital food service and EVS and support services in general. So, so what, what kind of pointers, I guess, would you have for someone that'd be, that would be taking a, that role? Um, maybe that does not have a high level of food service experience, um, or, or the advantage of working under a kind of a mentor and being brought up from the ranks. Well, we, we have several people right now that in our local uh, AHF group that are, you know, at the beginnings of their career, supervisory levels, uh, production manager, chef levels. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, we keep giving them roles in the organization, you know, either on the board or on committees and, you know, you know, have them interact with senior, you know, people that have been doing this for years and years and sort of show them the path. You know, we're. We, we've got a couple people in our group right now that we're putting them through the, the, the CDM course. Yeah. To get them that and uh, we give out scholarships and we, and we just, you know, the encouragement is chronic. We don't, we don't stop. And, and we're always talking about the youth movement and, you know, sometimes it works out for us and sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, if you look at, um, you know, uh, people from the Philadelphia area that are out there doing well, like, uh, uh, George Cranmar, who's running the, the Trinity Health System, mm-hmm. he started out as at, at Our Lady of Lords Hospital in uh, in Camden, New Jersey, and we brought him on the board and 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 kept him going. And I mean, he's got to be 15 years younger than me. And uh, we 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 bring people along, we give them roles, and and we uh, we hope that they succeed and stay with it. Yeah. So uh, something that I've preached wherever I go is to, you know, knowing what resources are out there and, and the AHF and ANFP are two organizations that, you know, we're heavily involved in. And, uh, you know, senior care has others leading agents, uh, um, you know, Harris with SDA. There, there are there is plenty of help, you know, and, and not just help, but uh, very enthusiastic and um heartfelt you know we want the industry to continue to grow and and improve and um you know I've, there are places that are struggling now and new leaders that are coming in that that just may not even be aware of of what's out there but we're very approachable is what what I always say you know and and that that goes for us as a company you know as a as a um consultant company and I, I've not met anyone in our business that is um competitive to the point of you know holding back i mean everybody just wants the best for that facility and that's that's what both anfp and ahf might you know i've i've always felt that a very welcoming um we're all in this together kind of vibe and i just want to make sure that anyone um that that is new and you know finds himself in a new role not, not everybody you're not expected to know everything um you know but you do have to find out about everything that comes your way so that's a great place to start a good place to do it 
Well, you know, uh, it's it's good to to be in touch with people in the media as well, you know, and, and because they can really help you out in your career. Uh, coming up, I was friends with Donna Boss from Food Management, with Paul mm. King, Food Service Director, and John Lawn. And uh, now, when you go to AHF, you see people like uh, Becky Smith and Tara Fitzpatrick and Joe Carbonara, and, and I'm hoping the younger people get to know them because they're they're such an incredible resource when it comes to, you know experience and you know you, you can you can get bogged down in your own operation you yeah know, never, never looking up and seeing what's out there yeah no absolutely that is you know it's it, it you, you get bogged the, the leaders get bogged down in the organ in their own facility and organization and then their staff gets bogged down literally in their own basement kitchen you know we sort of just the nature of the three meals services a day seven days a week um you know every single day of the year it, it, it lends itself to that, you know, it, it, there's, there's that certain amount of routine and it's like a never ending cycle of, of stuff. And um, so, so yeah, we always, I try to encourage uh, as I was encouraged to, to get upstairs, you know, connect with nursing. I learned uh, so much in my career from, from nursing, you know, they are the, in a way they are our customer. So, so, you know, you had mentioned 360 reviews, I mean, clearly including, um, uh, the nursing team in in those kind of audits of of how you're doing is is crucially important, and those relationships are good. I mean, sometimes it's critical, difficult conversations and hard things to hear. But you know, if the goal is we're all trying to get better, then um, you know, we'll, the ones that are going to make it through will will be receptive to that. Well, um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to split, but it was great talking to you, Tom. It's always uh, a pleasure running into you and um, uh, excited to follow the the success of your book. So uh, keep me updated on that. And I, I really appreciate you uh, taking time to talk to me today. Well, thanks for giving me a call. And uh, thanks for all that you do for AHF and the organizations, because, uh, you know, having somebody like you and, uh, you know, the, people, the folks from DMA, you know, has been a big help. Well, we, we enjoy it thoroughly and love, love all the folks connected with it. It's been a great experience uh, for, you know, for the 30 years plus that we've been involved. So um, looking forward to the future. All right, sir. Well, say hello to Mary and uh, uh, best of luck to you. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right, John, take care. All right, thank you. Bye. Well, what a great call. Would not expect anything less. Uh, Tom Cooley discussing the authorship, co-authorship of his uh, textbook, recently released textbook for senior care and healthcare food service management. Uh, Tom, as you can tell, is a great guy. Happy to have him in my circle and uh, certainly enjoy speaking with him. Uh, we learned that it is entirely possible to not only work with your spouse, but also co-author a textbook. Um, good to know, uh, certainly. <laughs> and congratulations to Tom and Mary for, for that endeavor. Uh, hopefully the next generation of healthcare food service, senior care food service leaders will benefit greatly. Uh, we also learned from Tom that organic emu meat makes a fantastic chili. Uh, thanks to you for checking back on the DMNA podcast, eavesdropping on John Herzog's phone calls, as you know, and spread the word podcast is available anywhere people listen to podcasts. Thanks again. <laughs>